Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez with you as always. So glad that you've tuned in. And before we jump into the passage that we're going to be talking about today, I just want to wish you and your family a happy new year and many, many blessings to come in 2018. And what a great way to start the new year every day for that matter, to be in God's Word and to grow in wisdom. My prayer for 2018 is that we would, my friend, grow in the wisdom that comes from above. And what better way than to open God's Word and to study as you and I look at the life and teaching of Jesus, I pray that you and I will grow in our wisdom. So if you've missed any previous podcast, as always, SoundCloud, iTunes, StandStrongMinistries.org, click on podcast. All the archives of previous podcasts that we've done are there available for you, including my study notes. So take advantage of those resources and tell your friends and tell your family. And man, I would love if you guys would share these links with other people. Let them know what you're studying. Let them know what we're learning together as we're doing this chronological teaching. So we pick things up in Matthew chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. Now, if you missed the previous podcast, podcast 38, we talked about prayer. The title was Don't Give Up. In that passage, Jesus described that prayer is not just about asking, but it's about seeking and knocking. The whole concept there is how you and I, despite how difficult, despite sometimes when we're praying and it feels like God is not answering our prayers, we are to persist. That's what faith, faith is to be, is to be relentless. It's a total abandonment, you know, that we are not pursuing our needs necessarily, what we want, but praying and asking God what He desires in our lives. That is the key. So if you've missed that, make sure that you listen to that. So now we pick things up in Matthew chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. The cross-referencing is Luke chapter 6, 31 through 36. And I've titled this podcast, The Path of Holy Living. And the reason why is because in this passage, we're going to learn the golden rule in this terminology that Jesus uses referring to the narrow gate and what that actually means. Because I do think surrounding the narrow gate terminology and why it is a way to destruction, I think there's a lot of false interpretations that people put out there. And I think it causes more confusion than what Jesus intended in the Sermon on the Mount. So let's jump right into Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 12 through 14. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. All right. So when we take a look right here in verse 12 of the golden rule, when Jesus says, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. The point is very clear. Jesus is saying we need to practice what we preach. We cannot expect others to love us, to forgive us, to give to us when we are not willing to reciprocate. This is not about you and I having certain expectations. For example, I want people to treat me a certain way. Therefore, I'm willing to treat them that way. That's not necessarily what Jesus is saying. This is the golden rule is not based on expectations. Rather, it is built on the standard of God. That is the expectations that we need to be having is that Jesus is the ultimate example of living the golden rule. Think about what he endured leading to the cross and what he even said 
on the cross, Father, repeatedly, by the way, in Greek, saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is the ultimate golden rule. And so Christ is our ultimate standard and he's our ultimate example of how you and I are to live that out. Now, what's interesting, again, in context, is Jesus is always combating against false teaching. The golden rule is the correct way. It's it's not just the proper way, but it is the right way in which Jesus is basically showing you the foundation of his entire message here in Matthew 7, 12. Now, prior to Jesus saying this, there were other ways, kind of, if you will, of how people kind of brought in the golden rule, some of the truths of the golden rule, but they used it in a negative tone. For example, in these writings of the Analects, they quote here of the teachings of Confucianism, which says, do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. In Hinduism, it says, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. In Buddhism, They have writings that say, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Rabbi Halil, the famous Jewish rabbi, said, what is hateful to you, do not do to anyone else. This is the whole law. All the rest is commentary. Go and learn it. So you see these ethical approaches that these different religions had, but they're based on the negative. Now, what's extraordinary about Jesus' statement, the way that he puts it here in verse 12, is that it's not just about you know, not doing something wrong to an individual, right? But rather, it's more than that. It's about making the effort to love them. You see, the Sermon on the Mount, and you take the Old Testament, and you look at the golden rule here in the Sermon on the Mount, that's the summation of everything. Because it's loving God, which is also responding in love to other people, which again, is the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. It's what he not just talked about, what he taught and was an example of, but what he ultimately did by laying down his life for you and for me. Now, when you and I look at the golden rule, and the reason why I title it the path of holy living, think about how hard it is for us to live out these words in Matthew 7, 12. They're very short. Whatever you wish the other that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That's the bottom line. He's saying, this is the summation. This is what it amounts to. Remember he said in Matthew 22, 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he says in verse 38, and the second is likened to the first, love thy neighbor as you are to love yourself. So as difficult as it is for us to live the golden rule, it is our standard as a Christian. Now, we cannot do it in and of ourselves. It's not a natural act for us to love people in response. And that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to ask that the Holy Spirit, as we ask for his filling, according to Ephesians 5.18, that we are to live out the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And all of the attributes of that will follow. It's not about trying to live a self-righteous life like the Pharisees. It's not about being selfish. It's not about being prideful. It's not about being greedy like we see the Pharisees in Matthew 5.20. The golden rule is not to be lived also in order to be saved. When people do nice things to each other, that does not mean that they're saved. The standard of living out the golden rule is on the basis of us being a Christian, that Christ who, who is in us, the righteousness that we have through Christ, the Holy Spirit who indwells us because we put our faith and trust in Him and we have received the free gift of salvation. We walk in grace because we, we, we have received the grace from Him. Allow me to read Luke chapter 6, verses 32 through 36. This is the cross-reference uh, to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Listen to how Luke puts this into perspective. It kind of really gives you a better understanding of the golden rule. He says, if you love those who love you, 
What benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. So you see, my friends, the challenge before us to live out the golden rule is something that we every single day need to strive to do even better. So as we're in a new year in 2018, our prayer, one of our prayers at least, should be, Lord, how can I live out the golden rule more so this year, today than I did yesterday, than I did last year? Because, you know, when you see how Jesus finalized the message of the golden rule, he said, this is the law and the prophets. What he was saying was, when you look at all that was written before me, and about me. When you look at all the prophets going back from Abraham and Moses and Daniel and Jeremiah, this golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that is the fulfillment of everything. Because remember, as I said earlier, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, loving the Lord your God and loving thy neighbor, these two commandments, he says, depend on the law and the prophets. Which leads us now to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now, I want to say out the gate, no pun intended, uh, this concept here about the gate has nothing to do with salvation. Now, I know that may be a shock to some of you guys because you've always been taught that, Maybe a commentary that you have, or you heard it from a particular pastor, but I just don't see that being the case here, the statement that Jesus makes about the narrow gate. And let me explain why. First and foremost, when you look at the context of scripture, we just finished out on the golden rule. And you and I know that the golden rule, living it out, is not um, to bear out salvation. It's not a works type thing to be right with God. But as a follower of Christ, we are to follow the golden rule because it's the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Jesus is teaching his followers because the whole Sermon on the Mount is geared to us as followers of Christ. This is how we ought to live. So Jesus is using the narrow gate terminology as a way to reference the hardships to follow, that it's easy to just do the do's and don'ts, to kind of follow a list that the Pharisees put out and, and to apply those as best you can. No, he's saying when you desire to live a holy life, when you want to follow the golden rule, when you don't want to judge people hypocritically, but righteously, when you want to ask, seek, and knock with persistency, with faith, a lot of people may want to do that, but not many people are going to actually do it. Remember, there's a difference between desire and devotion. People desire to go to the gym and work out and lose weight, but are they devoted to do it? Are they disciplined enough to do it? And when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was combating against the false teachings of the Pharisees. So this wide gate and broad road that leads to destruction is when you do it the easy way, when you do it what the Pharisees tell you to do. That's destructive teaching. The narrow gate is like the internal transformation by following the teachings of Jesus and how freeing it actually is. It may be hard, but when you're devoted and disciplined to do it, you will see dramatic change. And the wide gate is the the uh, external requirements. They're like the Pharisees teaching that are going to drag you down. Furthermore, 
the gates and the concept of life and destruction is very common in Hebrew literature. So God, God's people, when they're listening to Jesus teach, they, they got what he was saying. Because in Greco-Roman literature, these life and destruction terminologies was very apparent. It's very clear to them. You see that in Jewish writings that we found even in the Dead Sea Scrolls. So when Jesus explaining it this way, it made sense to them. They didn't take it to mean eternal life. And not to mention, when you even look at verse 14, when it talks about leading to life, the term life here has nothing to do with eternal life. Matter of fact, it has to deal with vitality of living. That's the Greek meaning here, which is about living a life based on certain characteristics and certain qualities like the golden rule. And that's going to be difficult to achieve, to be patient, to forgive those people who are unforgivable at times, to be patient with people who you don't want to be patient with, etc., the Bible says here, Jesus says in verse 14, this way is hard. Jesus is saying that when you and I live as he intended, my friend, as he intends us to live, it will not be easy. Will it be rewarding? Absolutely. It will bear fruit and we will be free. We will live lives of peace and joy. But again, it will come with its trials. Not everything is going to be great. Not everything's going to be easy. It's not meant to be easy. So I love the fact that Jesus doesn't just paint this picture of how wonderful Christian living is going to be. He doesn't put on rose-colored glasses and just tell us these things in theory and not expect us to put them in practice. No, he says, this is the standard and you will be rewarded. Blessed are those people who live a life that is going to be hard. Most people are going to go down the road of destruction in the end, they're not going to love people the way that they should love them and forgive people the way that they should forgive them. And Jesus is saying for us not to live that way. Not many people will live out the Sermon on the Mount, my friends. That's the bottom line. And as I've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, I've realized how much I fail miserably to live out the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. This is my standard. These scriptures that we're reading right now is how you and I ought to live and so as I conclude this podcast, let me ask you this question, my friend, my dear brother, my dear sister, how are you living out the Sermon on the Mount? How are you living out the golden rule? Would you say your life right now is going down the path that's, that leads to the narrow gate? Or are you on the path that leads to destruction? My friend, let's face these challenges together. Let's not ignore them any longer. Let's not just be that Christian who, yeah, spends some time in scripture, goes to church, serves in some programs, but neglects to live out the golden rule, neglects to do the hard things, okay? Because oftentimes as Christians, we just want the easy way out. We want the easy road. We want to just have a book or watch a YouTube video, give me a tutorial, and I'll give you, you know, a few minutes of my time. And there you go. That's my commitment. That's enough. That's not the message of the Sermon on the Mount. That's not Christianity, and you and I know this. So if there's anything in your life, my friend, as I close this podcast today that you need to give before the Lord, if you have been going the easy way out, if you just remain comfortable, if you're just complacent, if you're just critical, I just, I just ask you as a brother in the Lord, just release that to the Lord. Don't continue to go down the road that leads to destruction. It may be wide, it may be easy, it may be convenient, but God has not called us to convenience. He's called us to sacrifice. He's called us to be devoted to advance his kingdom, that his will be done in your life and in my life. So do that now. Don't waste any more time. And when you do that, my friend, when you release these things and you pursue God, 
and you want to go down that narrow gate, you are going to see a major change in your life. I promise you, my friend. I promise you that when you put the Lord first in your life, when you love him with all of your heart and you love your neighbor the way that you are called to love them, God will do great things in your life. I love you, my friend, and I will see you on the next podcast. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the word of God.